Welcome to Cordell and Cordell's Men's Divorce Podcast, moderated by managing partner and CEO Scott Trout, bringing you information for guys before, during, and after divorce, and everything related to family law. This podcast is not to be taken as legal advice, and no attorney-client relationship is established. Well, welcome back to the Men's Divorce and Cordell and Cordell podcast. I'm Scott Trout, managing partner, CEO of Cordell and Cordell. And these podcasts, as you know, we try to bring you information, some other areas that affect divorce, pre, post, thinking about it, whatever it may be, all issues before, during, and after. And 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 that's what we're really here today. And we've always been, and as always, caution. If we, we constantly caution our listeners and our viewers about this, and that is, this isn't legal advice, and obviously today's expert, we bring in a CPA, someone in the accounting field, and that's always interesting. But the only real place you can get good advice for your case is a consultation with an attorney. And you can do that with us, but if you're not going to do that with Cordell & Cordell, you want to find one that practices exclusively in family law. And that's really important. No matter what area, it doesn't it's not really in law. It could be in medicine. It could be in finance. You want to find someone whose area, and that's what they do. And so obviously with us, you can do, go to CordellCordell.com. You can schedule a consult online. You don't even have to talk to anyone. Or you can give us a call at 866-DADS-LAW. But that's really the only place for it. And this is more uh, educational, informational. We want to give you the tips Get a piece of paper out, take some notes, and it's going to spur a conversation that you may have with uh, your attorney, your accountant, as we have today. So let's get started. Uh, welcome to the podcast, Jason. Why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself? I'm glad to have you. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm Jason Bollinger. I'm a partner at a, an accounting firm here in St. Louis called Armanino mm -hmm. LLP. Um, my practice focuses in valuing privately held businesses mm -hmm. and doing um, litigation support. So yeah. we do valuations in the context of litigation in addition to economic damage calculations. So it's a good timing. It's why we did it. We're just kind of in the post-tax era for most that haven't gotten an extension. And that's quite uh, common in divorce. I know we're dealing with that in one of my cases where we just can't come to an agreement on how to file. And uh, so we just get an extension. But I think that's why we wanted to do this topic because divorce in itself creates stress. And so does taxes. And so does trying to figure out income. And, you know, it's death, taxes, divorce. Those are kind of the three most stressful moments in someone's life. And so great topic to talk about. And we were just talking off camera about just the wide range of issues when you're dealing with a CPA like yourself who you specialize in certain areas. And for many guys that listen, uh, they're sole proprietors. They uh, own their own business, whatever it may be incorporated, may not be, maybe an LLC, maybe whatever. Uh, and they have their own unique set of circumstances. I just did a podcast this week called Complex Financial Issues. That word or those words in and of themselves are a little bit misleading because many guys think, well, my, my stuff is not very complex. And we broke it down to kind of say that, you know, that complex is a, is, a, is a word that we all have this experience in life about that we think, okay, complex math, complex tax, complex whatever. But we break it down, and especially I'm interested in your thoughts. You know, you have a guy who owns a business, and now we have to value that business, and that's kind of what you do and figure out what's it worth. You know, every client comes to me and says or comes to you and says, Jason, it's not worth anything. Or I'll tell you what it's worth. It's worth a thousand bucks, you know. And yeah. but here's the thing: you have to have an uninterested party whose specialty, and it is a specialty, 
because the IRS code sets out ways to do it. But that's what you do, right? You have somebody comes in and we're going to talk about what's your what's this uh, company worth? What's the assets? What's going on, right? Yeah, absolutely. So when we come in, uh, particularly in the fair family law context, uh, I know here in Missouri, it's a, it's a fair market value state, mm-hmm. right? So we have a specific definition of value that we have to value the business by. Uh, and depending on the definition of value, you could get different values for a business. Mm-hmm. In fair market value, we're looking at the value to a hypothetical willing and able buyer and seller yeah. Um, negotiating at arm's length when neither is under compulsion to buy or sell. Right. So what does that mean? Typically, the way I like to think about it is if I were to just pick one person at random that mm-hmm. was walking down the street to negotiate with to buy a business, what would that person be willing to pay for this business, yeah. right? It's not another business owner that has a similar type of business that might have a bunch of synergies because it doesn't need, you know, it's going to get buying volume credit. It's going to have uh, maybe doesn't need two CEOs, all mm-hmm. those things. What is one random person, if we were to just select one person, what would they be willing to pay right. for the business? It could be just a plumbing business. It's me, and it's just me. And there's a thing called goodwill. You know, hey, mm-hmm. if I go away, so do all the clients. And that's quite possible, too. Then, uh, you know, it's what you worry about in a law practice uh, where we develop relationships with our clients. And if I were to leave, do they stay or do they follow me? Or if I retire, do they leave? I mean, those are the, the complexities, and we talk about complex issues like that. Um, and I think those – one of the reasons why I think that this conversation is important because many people, many guys, many clients, they don't see the value, the importance, or the need for an expert like you. I tell clients – I mean, I've been doing – this is my 31st year in practicing law. And I have consistently said you must have an expert. And I need guidance because it's not – this isn't my wheelhouse. I mean, I've done this before and I can generally – guide someone down this path, but your input is, you know, you can't even put a value on it. I mean, you you just come in and you give guidance to not only the client, but the attorney representing. I mean, that's the key is to kind of help us along and figure out a way to get this either resolved or if we can't, let's present that to the judge, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. And we have to be, you know, when we come in, we're objective, independent. Uh, So we're going to come in and say, look, here's the answer. Here's our opinion of value. That we're going to give, mm-hmm. um, you know, it, a trial or a yep. deposition. Um, so, you know, we like to let the law firm know ahead of time mm-hmm. what that's going to be, um, because you know we can't sway our opinion one way or the other. Once yeah. we get to the number, that's the number. Yeah, and we talk about tax season, and why this tax season is important is in Missouri, for example, spousal support, alimony, what they used to call, uh, or alimony used to be called maintenance. Mm-hmm. Uh, where there's no formula here in Missouri. And I know guys watching around the country, uh, Kansas and Texas, they have formulas. Uh, but here's specifically why your services are, I think, are important. We do this, what we call an income analysis, trying to figure out really what is the income, what's left after taxes. And, and that's something you do as well? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. We do quite a bit of that. Uh, really looking at kind of what was the what was the income level of the couple mm-hmm. on a go-forward basis? And then what is that split depending on the different maintenance amounts that would be paid? So whether it's you know $1,000 a month or $20,000 a month, what does that look like uh, in terms of percentage of combined income that gets paid to each party? Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of times the courts like to see that percentage number. And so mm-hmm. that's how we break it down. But the important component in that is tax. Yeah. So we have to run through and really determine after tax – what all that cash flow is going to look like. And those tax nuances are different for every couple. 
Yeah, and you know, with the uh, tax change now, with maintenance not no longer being deductible, that threw a whole wrench not only from my job. My negotiation becomes far more difficult when we think about that. You used to be thinking, well, now this this dollar really isn't a dollar to you; it's sixty five cents. Mm-hmm. And now that's a, it made your your job a little bit more challenging, at least in the state of Missouri, particularly with no formula, because now you have to advise a client, the attorney as to what that, as you suggest, what real, what is a true value of a dollar paid after tax, you know, when there's no deduction for it, right? Right. Yeah. So it's all after tax dollars that are yeah. changing hands. It's similar to the way child support was mm-hmm. uh, before the law changed. So we handle it much the same, mm-hmm. but really we still have to calculate the, the taxes on whatever the other income is, right? So really have to understand, okay, what are all the sources of income where do they come from? Is it dividends? Is it interest? Is it wage income? Mm-hmm. What does that look like from a tax standpoint? And then at the end, we show the either the, the maintenance and or child support um, changing yeah. hands. You know, they sit here listening and I think, you know, a guy who's never gone through divorce, they've never really heard this conversation before. And I think their first reaction is going to be, I, I don't need this. What are you talking about? Why would I spend the money for you, Jason? And I'm going to say, well, let me tell you why, because I need to know, I need to present evidence. Number one, if I have to try your case, I want to make sure the judge understands. Here's what's the net available income. Here's really, truly, you know, what you have available to pay your own needs and expenses. Because in Missouri, in the statute, that's one of the factors. Before the court can assess maintenance, I have to be able to meet my own needs, reasonable needs. So what do I really have? And the tax code is not easy. And understanding what really, I mean, you could pull your tax return and say, well, here's last year. But I think uh, your job is so critical, but it also helps formulate the basis to make a settlement offer. You, I mean, I assume that you do that in, in your practice, that you're advising attorneys. And not every case is tried, perhaps. And you present to them, hey, here's the net available income. And here's, you know, now she has, or your spouse has 45% of the total net available income. You're trying to arrive at a figure, whatever that may be, balancing it out. Um, I assume that's what you've done in your practice. Yes, a lot of times we get the scenarios from the attorney. So mm-hmm. what, what would it look like if they were to pay $1,000, $2,500, $7,000 a month, whatever that number is? We run those scenarios. So we'll routinely run we – might, we might run one or two. We, we might run seven, eight, or nine scenarios uh, so that counsel can see kind of what does that look like yeah. uh, and then make decisions, right? And a lot of yeah. times, a lot of those cases settle uh, once we right. get through with that analysis because everybody has a clear picture of kind of what that after-tax cash is going to look like. Yeah. You mentioned a critical point a few minutes ago, and that is sources of income. That's a big deal because our challenge as lawyers is to try and identify uh, a spouse's income from anywhere, wherever it may be. You know, with the introduction of Venmo, PayPal, Mm -hmm. uh, and, and the IRS, whatever may not be tracking unless it's significant now that, you know, the rules in terms of dollar amounts and transacted through Venmo. But cash companies. So I, I, we talked a little bit off camera, uh, selling makeup, selling whatever it may be, uh, weekend parties, evening parties by your spouse who accept cash and Venmo. I mean, that stuff may not show up uh, on a W-2, a 1099 or whatever it may be. It's kind of this money that just is transacted and your job is to trace and find, look at bank statements, look at whatever deposits, withdrawals, Venmo accounts, PayPal accounts, and find money because our job is to try to get a true sense of what income your spouse has. So that's something you do? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. How complex is that? Uh, It depends. Mm -hmm. So it can be very complex or it can be rather straightforward. 
you know, theoretically, we'd like to see a 1099 from mm -hmm. Venmo or, you know, whoever, uh, if sources of income are coming in that then get shuffled into a tax yeah. return. More often than not, we will use tax returns, particularly if they're prepared by a tax preparer, mm -hmm. um, because tax returns are filed under penalty of perjury. Right. And so for CPAs, that's a pretty big deal for us. We take that seriously. Mm -hmm. uh, when somebody signs a tax return, you generally want to make sure that you're signing your name because yep. you're signing under penalty of perjury right. before, before the IRS that you're pretty confident. Uh, yeah. as a signer and the numbers that went into that, even if you're not a tax expert, you're signing it as the the one paying the tax. Yeah. Um, and so to that point though, um, I think that, you know, you want to understand if there are other areas that may not have been reported that you can dig into those mm -hmm. and really determine what those might be. Certainly for cash-based businesses yeah. uh, where that may not get, may not get recorded. Yeah. And depending on the level of cash that transacts, it, it could be difficult. Yeah. I, you know, it's interesting. You, you, we talk a lot about identifying income. One of the first places I go is I, I – and, and, and no one – some people are really good at hiding money uh, and most people are not. And so I go right to their bank statements. And, you know, the other day I'm like looking at it and thinking, where is this money coming in? And all of a sudden it's a magical deposit to another account that was never disclosed. Mm -hmm. I'm thinking, do you really think I'm that dumb that I'm not going to find this? And now I'm giving it over to an accountant saying, okay, I, here's the records. I want you to try to give me an idea uh, of the total income here and do the math for me and if they report it as income. But it, it's interesting. We did uh, and we often do a, a seminar called 10 Stupidest Mistakes Men Make When Facing Divorce. And one of them is um, good lawyers can find bad people. And, and, and I always talk about, because I get the age-old question, how do I hide my money? Mm -hmm. and, and my thing is, well, if I could tell you how to successfully do it, I'd have so many clients, I'd be rich and retired. But the point <laughs> is, is it just never is. And because yeah. as a good lawyer or good accountant is going to find it. It's going to find the assets, going to find the transfer. It's going to find the money, which leads me into do deal with crypto. I mean, you know, the crypto is a self-reported gains and loss or was. I don't know what it is now. But all these transactions through uh, uh, Coinbase, whatever it may be, you know, you could be all kinds of money and transfer it somewhere to another Venmo account. And to, I imagine, is that something you've dealt with in terms of trying to trace, find income assets, whatever it may be? It has not come up in any of the cases that I've worked on yet. Yeah. Um, it was becoming hot. Yeah. For a while, I think kind of the, the the fall in the crypto markets has kind of settled things. So yeah. I haven't heard much about it in maybe the last six months or so. Yeah. Um, but I haven't yet to see it come into my practice yet, at least from a tracing standpoint. Yeah. I mean, I got to believe that's it's on the horizon. It seems so easy. And it's funny. It's become this. I was talking to some family friends and their son who's in high school is now um, – Making cryptocurrency, or I can't remember what the term they use, and he, he he's mining mining it. it. Yes, 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 and he makes money mining this. And I'm thinking this is probably going into another Venmo account somewhere, and trying if someone doesn't disclose it, you know, trying to find this stuff. It, it, you know, what we thought was difficult, trying to find income from these parties from these side businesses. Now it's become immensely more difficult uh, when a Coinbase isn't under a reporting obligation to the IRS. So you're not issued a, a 1099 or K-1 or whatever it is. Um, it's crazy. So, I mean, that's the importance of, for us, representing guys, where our job is to try to ensure that the court sets an income high enough for your spouse, that spousal support is not an issue or it's a minimal issue. 
And it starts there. It starts utilizing services like you because it's just, it's critical. I'm not going to be able to do it. Uh, I can't testify to it. And we need independent, um, as you suggested, authority to tell the court, yeah, uh, believable. And they can rest on that. So um, some of the other issues as we're getting, you know, to the end of our podcast uh, that are interest really not in your wheelhouse, but we talked a little bit off camera that are relevant in this tax season that happen a lot. And that is someone files married separate during the divorce, doesn't tell their spouse, their spouse files married. And now obviously it's going to trigger probably an audit or IRS is going to kick it out, right? Because you have a spouse, each of them claiming some other different deduction when they should be doing a unified, right? Mm -hmm. Something that happens. So can they amend what, I mean, I assume that's something they can, they should or have to do once they get audited, they're gonna have to amend it. Yeah, I would recommend uh, before you get audited to to amend your return. Yeah. It's, it it doesn't take much to amend a return. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can have an enrolled agent or a CPA take care of that, um, and it's better to have it a lot cleaner set of books so that everything matches. Yeah. Uh, just to avoid any of those IRS issues that may arise in the future. And that happens. I mean, that is a regular argument. I would say in, in the thirty plus years I've been doing it is. How are we going to file a tax return? Mm-hmm. How are we going to split the refund? The COVID, um, you know, things, the COVID payments, I'm sure, through a whole wrench in, you know, who gets the COVID payment? How do we split it? Ratios of income. We had spouses taking the COVID payment and not giving any to the mm-hmm. other spouse yep. because it was going to the marital residence and the, you know, guy moved out. It, it's That's why tax, the tax issues and I'm going to use the word, they're complex. And every guy has a complex tax issue, whether they think they do or they don't. And and there's a way and a service for, for accountants and CPAs like you and your firm. They're an immense help. And I know it costs money, but the return on investment is great. Um, so let's, as we wrap up, just your general thoughts. 2023, guys out there, businesses, solo, whatever it may be, any things that they should be thinking about with organization, you know, compiling records as they go through and anticipate, hey, I'm going to be divorced this year. Um, what should they be thinking as we kind of, I always like giving a walk away for guys listening. Yeah. I, I would say the one thing that I would hone in on is really making sure that you've got organized books and records as organized and as detailed as you can get them. Mm-hmm. Um, even account statements. I mean, banks only to keep account statements going back seven years. Mm-hmm. Uh, what what I find in my practice a lot is separate assets. So mm-hmm. this was a separate asset. It was an account that I brought into the marriage. Uh, I brought it in in, you know, 2006. Well, right. the bank only has records going back seven years. And you have to go back and you have to prove. And you know, the way we, we do that is by looking at transaction by transaction, what happened to each of those securities going back over time. So making sure that you keep really good records, uh, even paper records if you have to, or save them on a computer so that they're PDF files, because after seven years, they're going to disappear. Yeah. Uh, impeccable records will go a long way in just helping us from an ease of use standpoint, do yep. our jobs, but it'll also give us better insight into helping project what's going to happen in the future from that tax and cash flow statement. Um, you're making sure that you've got a good handle on that. Yep. Uh, we get called in a lot of times on mo- modification cases, right? Yep. Because somebody didn't have a clear understanding of what the actual income was. They agreed to some sort of a spousal support number. Mm-hmm. They get into it six months, yeah. eight months, 10 months, and they say, uh-oh, I can't, I can't pay my bills now, right? Right, Because I didn't really have a full understanding of what that economic picture was going to look like on a go-forward basis. Yeah. So having somebody come in, and, and to your point, I think it costs money now, yeah. but it'll save money in the long run by having good organized records and having a good complete picture of what it's going to look like on a go-forward basis. I mean, it's a good timing, a good conversation in that why I think these podcasts are important as we're approaching 
in a couple months, Father's Day, and we're going to celebrate Father's Day all month in June at Cordell, and we're going to talk about, with experts like you, about, not let's just not talk about divorce and custody, but planning. And I think that is so key, is for guys to understand, as you suggest, what are the ramifications of the number you agreed to? Because it sounds like, okay, I could pay 500 bucks. But then you get into it and you're like, oh my gosh, I didn't realize that I don't have $500 extra. So that your job is to kind of say, okay, let me take your expenses as you have them. Here's what's going to happen. Here's kind of the tax ramifications. Here's your net. You're you're going to be short by 200 bucks. Mm-hmm. So either you got to – we just did a, uh, a series – on divorce in terms of trying to figure out the economics of divorce. And that is something men overlook. And that is you then have to either get another job, change jobs, or work overtime, or get re- or get remarried to an heiress, somebody who can support, you know, the, the, right. the mistakes you made in divorce and then your divorce judgment. But that's so critical. And I think just n- not aside, as, you, as I said, and you did, not just planning in the divorce, but post so yes. you walk away with you're equipped. You know exactly what it's going to mean, and that could go for even. Um, I've had guys split their retirement unequally. You mm-hmm. know, seventy thirty. They're buying out of the maintenance. What does that really mean? How long is it going to be for you to continue working? You know, you can do that analysis and say, okay, now you're down to a hundred thousand dollars. You want five hundred. Reasonable rate of return. Here's your investment. Here's where how many more years of, of working you're going to have to do. Right, or how much you're going to have to save in the meantime to make up for that difference. Yeah. I mean, though, that's the economics, and that's why I think, you know, our job and 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 something I think we do differently, and we've been professing for a while. We're going to talk a lot, again a lot about that in the month of June when we talk about celebrating dads in the entire month, and that is let's just get away from what is it you need to do to prove your case, and and be successful, but what is it you have to do walking away and, and equipping you, and it could be as simple as what we're talking about: how much longer, how much more do you have to contribute, you know organized. Where do I go to buy groceries? Those are the things we're going to talk about. You know, we may have a breadwinner who wasn't uh, a primary caretaker and they don't know how to do that. Now guys got to learn these, these, these tools and then utilize you to help them with their finances. So great stuff, Jason. I appreciate joining. Uh, It's as always so relevant and so equipping for guys listening. So I appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for thanks for having me. Appreciate yeah. it. Well, continue to tune in. Uh, subscribe to our podcast over on Apple iTunes. You can check out our YouTube channel where everything sits, including our virtual town halls. And by the way, we have a virtual town hall coming up every month where you can log in live. Not just listen to this recorded. You can watch it recorded, but you can ask questions live of a panel of experts that we bring on every month. And then watch out for more information coming up in June. We're going to go live every week in June where we're going to celebrate dads the entire month of June and give you uh, experts just like this today. We're going to equip you and just talk a little bit more outside of how we prepare you. In your case, we're going to talk about before and after as well and some tools and resources during. But check that out. But go to the YouTube channel where everything sits. You're going to find out plenty of information. Go to our website, cordellcordell.com, or give us a call, 866-DADS-LAW. So until next time, have a great week. <laughs>